We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. My name is Jari Bolander. Welcome to the Entrepreneur Ethos Podcast. On this podcast, we're going to take a deep dive into the traits, values, beliefs, and skills of all sorts of entrepreneurs to learn how to build a more ethical, inclusive, and resilient world. Let's get started. Today, I talk with Mark Guberti, author, podcaster, and all-around online media guru. We talk about how he got into writing books, doing podcasts, and YouTube, all while going to college. He's published over 27 books and hosts three podcasts. In fact, he started podcasts before he went to college, and he just recently graduated with a finance degree, even though he's known for marketing. Mark tells us how he cranks out seven episodes a week for his podcast, and why if he wants to know anything about marketing, he'll just interview someone. He breaks down his daily routine to stay so productive, and we also talk about why he feels now is the time to start creating. He also gives us some insights into how he actually comes up with all his content. If you ever wanted to write a book, do a podcast, or get on YouTube, then you need to listen to Mark's advice. He's at the vanguard of all this, and the one thing I find the most interesting is his virtual summits, which in today's world is even more important. Now, let's get better together. Mark Guberti, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. And yeah, I mean, we we met, uh, I actually was on your podcast. I think we met through some sort of service that sort of connects podcasters together. But what I found was really interesting about what you're doing. Um, and I'd actually, before we get into that, why don't you give us just a quick tour of who you are, where you come from and what you're up to? 
Sure. So I've written and published over 27 books at this point. I also host three different podcasts. Breakthrough Success is the podcast that a lot of people know me for. And I'm all for helping people to gain more visibility and sell more books, whether it be through my YouTube channel, podcasts, my books, or uh, just some of the other content that I provide. Great, great. And you actually did all this, started all this while you were in college. I think you didn't you just graduate? Yeah, I, I just recently graduated the podcasting. Sorry, right before I got into college, some stuff I was doing earlier, other stuff I was doing in my college journey. But yeah, I mean, I've been doing all this in college and I just recently got out. So interesting that uh, how, how did how did college kind of prepare you for podcasting or, or did you what, what was your major actually? What was that? So my major was finance. Even though I'm in like the marketing, that's what people know me for. I chose finance because just like with all the podcasts I have and my ability to crank out at least seven episodes a week, I'm in a position where if I don't know something in marketing, I could just interview someone, but I'm not yet in that position from a fi- finance standpoint. Hmm. Yeah, I think I remember you saying that where you're like, yeah, I don't need to take any marketing classes in school. It's like, hey, could you just be on my podcast? I'll ask you a bunch of questions. So so seven a week, how do you, what's your daily schedule like then? So it's going to be changing. I'm doing a lot more Breakthrough Success content. Right now, we're looking at Monday to Friday on Breakthrough Success. Profitable public speaking is just on Tuesdays. Ditch the job right now is Thursdays and Saturdays, but we could very easily be looking to accelerate that as well. That does not include YouTube, which is almost daily and other places as well. So is there like a, do you like wake up at four in the morning and <laughs> and like don't go to bed till midnight? I mean, what's sort of your daily routine? So my daily routine is based on what day of the week it is. So Mondays and Thursdays are heavy podcast interview days. So I could interview as many as 10 people in one day. And that's kind of what I have to do because of my podcasting schedule, because of my virtual summit schedule, which is an entirely other story. So I have to interview a lot of people. Mondays and Thursdays are the bulk of those interviews. And then I just pick time in the day. I just, as long as I just create one new video each day, like pre record, that's what you have to do to create daily videos. Like, I don't have more than a week of YouTube content in any given time. It's usually every day I'm creating something new. Interesting. And so, I mean, how do you find the topics to talk about? Or, I mean, it, you know, I've, I had played with doing this podcast daily. And then someone gave me some advice and said, well, if you're going to call it like, like my blog, the daily MBA, like you better do it daily or this isn't gonna, you know, you're not going to get the expectation of the listener. I mean, so then I, you know, decided, I think wisely for me, since it's my first pod to do the entrepreneur ethos, which, you know, is the book that, uh, we talked about on your podcast. So, I mean, how do you come up with content? What's sort of the is there a secret sauce to it or because it just seems to me it's, I don't know if it's hard. I mean, maybe some people listening to this would be like, oh, I don't know how it, he could actually talk. What could he talk about, you know, every day? So for just quickly with the podcast as interviews, I bring guests on the show. So obviously it's just 
come on the show, we have a conversation. But with the YouTube, I come up with some initial ideas around YouTube, around self-publishing, around digital marketing. I look at my comments to see what types of questions my audience has. I'll also look to see which of my videos perform the best. And I'll create more videos like those and I'll focus more on those topics. So uh, let's say, for instance, a YouTube growth video outperforms my other content. We're just going to go a little deeper into growth. So you could do like, you know, five ways to grow on YouTube and that's one video. And then each of those separate tactics can get its own video. So uh, just being resourceful with the different ideas, like re-utilizing some of the ideas that you say, because the video that you published a year ago, like people have moved on, like, in, like they moved on a long time ago from that video you published a year ago and being able to put those ideas up again at the forefront, not by re-uploading because YouTube doesn't like that, but just by creating a new video with a different style that you have now versus who you were a year ago. Huh. Interesting. Because I mean, when it, is that the same way you write the books? Because 27 books, I mean, I've written six and I know how long it takes to write just anything. And I know you're pretty prolific on the email because I'm on your email list and I get, I think I get an email from you a day, if, if I'm not mistaken, maybe yes. sometimes too. Uh, <laughs> how, how is it? I guess what I'm trying to get at is that you're, you're extremely productive, extremely young, come, coming at it from a you know different perspective. How, how, did, how did you get here? I mean, I, you know, I, I interview lots of people that are, you know, a little older and the journey is usually a little bit different. Uh, they like lost a job or they had a like life-changing event or something. But were you always this entrepreneurial? So uh, my family is very uh, entrepreneurial, and this definitely started as a hobby for me. I just wrote about blogs about whatever really fascinated me. So think about your young kid type of topics. And uh, as I created more of these blogs, I started to gain traction. I learned about this thing, content marketing, and that was the thing that I knew I wanted to pursue. And then I really loved to... One thing that I've been really consistent at is... And this definitely comes from my running background as well. When you set some type of standard for yourself, like a new standard, I'm immediately thinking about how can I get better? Like, how can I, like I do, like Breakthrough Success used to be one podcast episode a week. Okay, how do I do two? How do I do three? How do I do four a week? How do I also do YouTube? So it's just that constant striving for being better than who I was yesterday. I mean, are your parents entrepreneurs or, I mean, it seems like you sort of have to be brought up into that kind of attitude. I mean, my mom's an entrepreneur. My dad has an entrepreneurial background, but I don't think it's one of those, um, like your family definitely has to cultivate a good environment for you. Uh, like that helps, but you do see people who parents weren't entrepreneurs. They were in a bad environment and they were able to rise above all odds. I'm just not that story. Uh, but that is something that, you know, some people, they have those odds and they become an entrepreneur. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, it, what, what's funny is that, uh, I think the, the thing I was on with you was this virtual summit idea that you had or that you, you do, which I guess nowadays, <laughs> given that we're all sitting at home on zoom, um, 
is a brilliant idea. <laughs> like, how do you do a virtual <laughs> summit? Are you are you seeing more people like reaching out to you saying, "Hey, how does this virtual summit stuff work?" Because I thought it was a really when you know you know I saw it and you proposed me me doing it. It was like it's a really interesting idea. And how how did you come up with that? So. I have been in like a whole bunch of affiliate marketing promotions. So if you see the like $2,000 training course and you see a whole bunch of people promoting that training course, I'm one of those people. So I saw how other people were orchestrating their launches. I learned who was launching what and when. And then some people decided to try virtual summits. So that's how I heard of the idea. And then I decided, let me apply this on my own end and really embrace it because I was into podcasting at that time and it takes the podcast interview element and it takes the JV launch element. So you really have the best of both worlds just based on where I'm coming from. So then I pursued it and I just saw great results as my first one and they keep building up. And I mean, now it's just such a terrific time to be doing them. I'm looking to be doing daily, like one, not daily summits, but like one day summits and then two to three day summits as well. And and so, can, yeah, can you give just a little, just a description of what a virtual summit is? I mean, it's in the, you know, in the words, but I mean, how, how do you do a virtual summit? So for a virtual summit, you get a bunch of people and you interview them. And those are your sessions. You can get a little creative with your summit by having panels. You can do workshops where uh, you say, okay, like for a summit around self-publishing, because I'm doing a few of those this year, uh, you can say, okay, um, this is how you write your book. We're going to create an outline. Let's do it together. Uh, write down all the ideas. Like, okay, good. Now let's put them together. So uh, now it's like, instead of just giving like how to like you're giving people workshops where they leave your summit with something, like with a completed outline, with maybe an account on Libsyn if they want to do a podcast. And by going like interviews are great for summit still as sessions, but you want to think beyond that as well. It's so it's sort of like these summits, they, I mean, there's, uh, clearly around a topic where people are interested in and, you know, teaching them. And um, I got to believe that the demand for teaching and learning right now is probably pretty high. Uh, is it the summits that you do or kind of what you know? So how to launch podcasts, how to launch, write a book and everything like that, like the like the breakthrough success. Is, is that s- sort of how it all com- came about or, or what – what what are these how do you find these topics and what's sort of the process in which to then make it happen so my audience consists of a lot of authors it consists of a lot of speakers and podcasters so i always frame my summits around what they want so if i see some of my content is performing really well like self publishing is a big topic for me on YouTube right now, given the nature of my channel. So I'm going to create more self-publishing related virtual summits because that's what my audience is telling me to do. And combine that with like looking at my network that I have, looking at everyone I've interviewed across my podcast and my past virtual summits. A lot of those people, they are authors. They are digital marketers. So it's easier for me to assemble enough speakers for those types of summits then if, you know, thing on the side, like, you know, an investing type of summit, which I do want to do someday, 
I don't really have as much of a network in my current tribe of investing people compared to authors and public speakers and podcasters. Basically taking the, you know, your network, who you know, what, what you've been doing and sort of pulling together the best content that you can and sort of, you know, giving people the opportunity to learn from all, all of that. I mean, I know, I think the one, I think the virtual summit I was on, I think it was self-publishing because I self-published the entrepreneur ethos as well. Uh, how any, so you mentioned investing are what, what's, what's sort of your take on the world of investing right now? I mean, you, you have a finance degree, I'm sure. I mean, I, would you even want to get a real job? I mean, you have a real job, don't get me wrong, but would you ever want to, you know, get out and do that? Or do you think that the way that you're building your, your business, your, your online presence will just lead to you being able to sort out like different investment options and different investment opportunities? I mean, I'm never in a rush to get into the nine to five. Like I already earned like money for my business and I invest that into different assets. So I do have multiple streams coming in, but I mean, just talking about the state of the world, a lot of people got laid off. A lot of people got furloughed. So uh, you have this situation where even if you feel really solid at your current spot, uh, you know, like, uh, like, you know, you can't really anticipate like a virus like this, but you know, like economy, you know, goes up and down and, you know, like the stock market, like, you know, everyone just says ride it, but you have the element of, you know, companies have expenses and can they afford everyone? So uh, when you're an entrepreneur, you take all that worry, you put everything on your shoulders and you take control. Now, for some people, that's something that, you know, that comes with, you got to discipline yourself and some people aren't there yet. Other people, they could discipline themselves very nicely. But I will say there is this, you know, the desire to just like get out of your job like that a lot of, it's more in the entrepreneurial community. Uh, so I would say if you enjoy your job, stay in it, just look to increase your streams of income. Because again, like, like I think this virus is bringing to everyone's attention. You could just get laid off and your income hits zero. And I know, I know a lot of people that are suffering. And I mean, it's similar to what happened in 2001, you know, during 9-11, where, you know, I told the story that my dad worked for United Airlines. And then the next month after 9-11, they're like, you need to retire early, like now, because <laughs> they couldn't, you know, they couldn't afford him anymore. And my brother also worked there and got laid off as well. And so these stable jobs just don't, they're not stable. I mean, I, I just don't, I don't see that. And the reason why I want to have these conversations and talk about entrepreneurial skills, you know, traits, values, and beliefs is I, I personally feel they are 21st century skills that all of us need to master. Uh, even if you're not going to be an entrepreneur, I think you do have to have some sort of entrepreneurial mindset. And so, so what, what part of your mindset do you think is the most important for your success and how you're, you know, running your businesses and how you're trying to grow? I think the most important part is that idea of, you know, this is my standard now. How do I elevate above that? And even if it's, you know, just whether it's me publishing another video or it's me saying, let me um, increase the amount of watch time and get more hours the next day and strive towards more subscriber growth. It's achieving constant progress, always uh, up leveling yourself, but in the right areas. Because uh, if you set, let's 
say like if you set a goal that has nothing to do uh, with your business or with the personal goals that you're after and or you're focusing just on the wrong metric, then that's where people get stuck. So you want to know what's important for you and focus on how can I improve on that each day. What are some of the metrics that are important to you in, in what you're doing? Revenue is the biggest metric and profit also at that point, because you know you could be making a ton of revenue, your expenses top that, and then you are at a loss. So I'd actually say profit is my most important metric. I also look on YouTube in particular, because that's just a platform I'm focusing on. I'm looking at click-through rate for my videos. I'm looking at retention rate. So if I create a 10-minute video and people are only watching for one minute, that's a big problem. And the amount of watch time on my channel, because if you're able to get people to watch your videos for a long period of time on YouTube, YouTube's going to push you to the next level. And there are other things I focus on throughout my business. I just decided to use YouTube as the example. Uh, so I do have some of those like granular stats that I look at, but big picture is the profit. So, you know, it's, it, it can be a struggle you know, during times like this, uh, especially when I think the nature of work's going to change. I mean, I think we all have sort of seen that, you know, if you can work from home, you're a little bit better off. But still, as you mentioned, there's a global economy, people are getting, you know, laid off or not being able to spend discretionary income, you know, what businesses are going to be, you know, <laughs> be be around, right. And so if if you were to pick something today, like from scratch, what would you do? What would be the one thing that you'd be like, oh yeah, I'm going to definitely look into that? If I had to start from scratch, I would just go to podcasting. And the reason podcasting for me is because we're doing this interview right now. This came because of another interview where we got to know each other. So podcasting is a way for you to quickly get to know high profile people. And the way you are strategic with your interviews, if you go that strategic route, you could be getting features in major publications, you can be getting more clients, you can be getting more speaking gigs, and everything that you could possibly want in business, whether it's visibility or revenue, comes from relationships. And there are a few things that are truly better than podcasting when it comes to that uh, building relationships. And that's part of the reason I produce so many podcast episodes each week and virtual summits. It's just me continuing to meet more people, gain more visibility, more revenue. And each interview just allows me to up level to that next degree. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely think that the relationships with people are the most important. I mean, you know, like I said, we met, I think a couple of months ago through some, you know, network of connecting guests to, podcasters. And I think it was because I had a book or something. And, you know, it, it's, it's interesting because there was another guy, Mark uh, Struchewski that I interviewed yesterday. I think it was yesterday. And uh, same thing, you know, got on his podcast, talked a little bit, and he gave me a lot of great, great advice, like just really good advice. And, you know, also uh, work with this uh, sports podcasting network called Blue Wire. I'm, I'm one of their advisors. And, you know, it's just this great medium to be able to have a conversation and, and talk about what uh, what people are doing, what makes them successful, kind of their attitudes. You know, kind of what I think is lost in the media nowadays is just, you know, 
these sort of buzzword bingo bite-sized bits of you know, knowledge that, you know, you can't really dig in, I think. And so, okay. So if you had to start from scratch, it would, it would just be podcasting. Would you do podcasting and put it on YouTube or, cause I've seen people do that. Well, they're a pod, they'll do a pod, they'll release it on, you know, Simplecast or whatever. And then they'll also put the pod on, on YouTube. Is, is that part of your strategy or, or do you have a different strategy for YouTube? Most of my YouTube content is just for the platform because there's a different way you engage with listeners versus how you engage with uh, YouTube viewers. So for instance, if I want to say, uh, you know, like this is the type of growth that I had on my YouTube channel, as you can see on this chart, we went from 100 subscribers per month to 200 subscribers per month. You can see it was this video that gave me the 8.6% click-through rate or something like that, that I can visually show on YouTube, but I can't visually show that on a podcast due to its nature. So that's why I create some content that, uh, you know, is YouTube exclusive. Sometimes I'll post the video interview. I don't usually do this. Uh, it has to be something that is very related to the channel. So like, uh, like a motivational type of interview just wouldn't fit on my YouTube channel just because it's really geared towards self-publishing in YouTube. So um, like if that's your only way to get on YouTube, do it because that's better than nothing. And then you can work out the keywords and uh, be more strategic with YouTube when you're ready to take that leap. Okay. So in, do, do you think that uh, more and more people, you know, given what's going on in the world, are going to move towards producing this kind of content, you know, podcast, YouTube. Do you think it's going to be kind of a, a wake-up call? I mean, I know, you, I know you've been, I mean, you're a veteran. You've been doing it ever since uh, you've been in college. So, uh, you know, way more of a veteran than I am. Um, but w where do you see the world in the next three to six months? I mean, especially as things start to get, uh, you know, settled in and whatever reality we have, we have. So this goes into my YouTube publishing schedule because it used to be Tuesday, Saturdays with a live on Thursday. Right now, I'm doing daily videos because not every content creator is seeing the opportunity or they're just producing content at their regular consistent rate. But I am upping the frequency of my content on all my platforms because more people are at home. They are watching more YouTube videos. They're going through more podcasts. There's actually an article on LinkedIn two days ago where they said YouTube is decreasing the video quality to compensate for the increased demand. So YouTube has actually already had to make changes to how their platform works to compensate for all this extra surge in visibility. So I think that's just a big indicator that not just YouTube, but podcasting in all these places. You got to be producing the content. Not every creator is going to be seeing this opportunity, but all the content consumers, they're going to spend a ton more time consuming content than they normally do during these next three to six months. And this could be your time to be someone's new favorite. I mean, that's that's what Mark uh, Struteski was talking about. He's got the the Mark Struteski podcast and his last name so, so hard to say. I had to practice for like at least five minutes before I talked with them. And he, he says the same thing that the, the opportunity now, especially during this time uh, is, is 
pretty dramatic, I think. And so, you know, if you're not learning something or trying to be better or trying to help your community uh, right now, I mean, I think you are missing a huge uh, potential. Not, not to say, you know, you know, you don't want to be like opportunistic, you know, like the guy that was trying to sell all that hand sanitizer, you know, like yeah. trip. That's just not ethical. I mean, what when I what I'm talking about is, you know, building uh, value content and living, you know, the ethos, which which, you know, for from my perspective is, you know, we're a community of people that we change the world. I mean, entrepreneurs are the ones that drive things. And they make things happen. And you see a little bit of that now with, you know, a lot of the distilleries and breweries switching to make hand sanitizer. You see um, other uh, factories moving from making, you know, uh, car parts to making ventilators. I mean, and, and, and you see a little bit of this. I mean, and of course, the governments of, of the world have to coordinate it. And, you know, there, you know, there's been a various amount of response um, for that. But you see the entrepreneur spirit uh, alive and well, and so what? What do you think would be kind of the what, what? What do you think would be the end game for someone that, let's say they that they're thinking about doing something like what you do? What what advice would you give them to kind of launch off on on this new quest? Create a ton of content. I mean, that advice has always been good, but now it's just so much better. And I mean, you're not, it's going to be hard. Like the, like you could still buy training courses, books online. Like the ability for someone to buy a Kindle book is not affected by this virus, but there are going to be people who are a lot more money conscious now who are going to say, I don't know if my next paycheck is coming. Do I really want to spend $3 on a book, $100 on a training course, $500 on the software? Because a lot of people right now, they're going to be hoarding their money. They're going to be building up that treasure, uh, that war chest. So uh, at this is the time to create all this free content, build your email list, build your Facebook group. And if you do this now and you have the platform for when uh, the economy recovers, then when you start to you know promote your books at that next level, promote a training course, affiliate products, you're going to see the income surge. So it could be one of those Think about the parabolic graph where like, you know, you're starting pretty flat and then you have a buildup and then there's a really big spike. That's the type of setup we're looking at here. If we create a lot of content now and then go like more deep into offers after this time passes. Yeah. So, so sort of be of service or at least find, find your niche. The, um, and, and, and I can, I can see that. I mean, I, I, I see a lot. I mean, <laughs> it's funny, you know, I started, literally started this podcast. The first episode was March 16th, which happens to be my mother's birthday. And it also happened to be the day that the mayor of San Francisco uh, put in the uh, shelter at home or shelter in place order. <laughs> so either I've got great timing or awful timing, <laughs> but um Everyone I've talked to is like, oh, well, you know, there's going to be lots of people that are going to want stuff to listen to. And sounds like that you're trying to, you know, be of service. And, and, and that's what, you know, the entrepreneur ethos is all about, trying to be of service and, again, have these traits, values, and beliefs that 
at least I feel and the people that I talk to, um, are, are 21st century life skills. And, and I think it's really important. And, and, and it is, it is, it does feel a little weird to, you know, quote unquote, take advantage of this opportunity, but I don't think it's a taken advantage of an opportunity as opposed to being ready when an opportunity comes to show your gifts to the world. So if, if, if you could, you know, what, what sort of gifts to the world do, do you want to put out there? I mean, what, what are, what do you think are the, the contribution to society and to the entrepreneur community that you can, you can provide? So I would say just, you know, think about what type of content are you creating and what kind of questions people have and try to match that up. So on that thought, my YouTube channel, which is about self-publishing YouTube and digital marketing, one of the things I recently came out with was how the coronavirus is affecting self-published authors. And it's similar to what we've talked about, you know, this greater emphasis on free content and platform building, and then do more selling later when everything improves. So I would say that YouTube channel is a great resource for people who want to talk to me. Maybe they're interested in coaching around podcasting, or maybe, you know, with everything's going on, they are interested, but they're not ready to commit just yet because of uh, money stuff. Uh, I'd be happy to jump on a free call, markguberti.com slash strategy for anyone who's interested. Great. Yeah, it's uh, you've got a lot of content, <laughs> that's for sure. Like I said, you you send me an email pretty much every day, which, uh, which is great um, because I think nowadays, again, you know, pretty new in this kind of new world order and what we're trying to figure out from a society point of view and sort of what's what matters um and so you you mentioned that you you run is 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 that part of your daily routine to sort of get out and be physical and 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 how how does that help you with all the stuff that you're doing so running is something i do every day i am very like that's a non-conditional, like I have to do it. Like it's not one of those, uh, you know, I could take a day off here, like unless that is part of the plan because after a marathon or after a race or just after extended amounts of running, you do have to take time off to avoid injury. But I take that as serious as I take my business. And it is one of those things that, you know, like I run a certain uh, uh, race at a certain time and in my runs, I'm looking to see, okay, how can I get that time lower? So it really complements the, so like with the running, it's like, how can I get my time lower? With the YouTube, it's how can I get my views up? How can I get my subscribers up? How can I get more people on my email list? How can I get more podcast listeners? And then working towards all those different objectives. So I think exercise is really essential. It's a way to regain your energy. I like to exercise multiple times each day. Sometimes it'll be a two-hour run. Other times it'll just be 10 minutes of court. <laughs> you, you, your, your normal runs two hours? Or did I get that right? It, it's usually one hour, but sometimes I do stretch it to two hours. And wow. I mean, to take that much time during your day for physical activity is pretty rare. I mean, I... You know, I do jujitsu, so I, or at least I did <laughs> until they had to shut the gym down. But, um, but wow, at least an hour a day for running. Yep. And how, how does that, um, I mean, when it comes to your, 
your body. I mean, I know you're a pretty, pretty thin guy, but how do you, that must take its toll. How, how do you, how do you recover from stuff like that? I mean, I don't really feel the hour runs like I used to just because I've been running. It's one of those things where I've been running for eight years now. And the fact that I've been doing it consistently means I don't feel the pain. If I take off for two weeks, because that, again, that's just something you have to do as a runner. Yeah. And then I come back that day one is horrible. It doesn't matter how much training I did beforehand, like two weeks off. And then you're back into a day one. It's like, ugh. so, <laughs> uh, it's just a lot of it's consistency. It's stuff that you don't really see the results until like months later. And depending on what you're doing, it could sometimes even be years later. But even just to see some momentum, like if you want a big goal, like 100,000 YouTube subscribers, because that's what I have my eye on. Uh, if you see, you know, like you go from, let's say, 50 subscribers a month to 60 subscribers a month, like you're still far away from your goal, but you are able to see that momentum. And that momentum in any area is just going to be able to build up more and more as you focus more time on it over time. So, so do you think you'd say that your sort of daily running ritual is one of those things that you sort of, it sounds like you ripple through to the rest of, of what you do, your business and, and stuff like that. And, you know, the power of the daily habit is critical, I think, to success. And, and I really like what you said about, you know, these sort of incremental working on a metric and, you know, over time it may take years but you know if if you stop that gap like i think that's the same thing with a business if you if you stop and take a break um you know you may it may be very painful to get back into it and 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 i'm not saying that you know work yourself to death or anything in fact i i talked to someone uh the other day about taking sabbaticals and the importance of recharging do, do you take time off to recharge or are you just like now is the time I got to keep on creating. I got to take advantage or not necessarily advantage. I mean, the, uh, the time is now and I got to really build up my platforms. I have one week stretches where in running and or business, I'll just like really start to dial it down. So anytime that a marathon is coming up, I just dial down the whole business operation a week beforehand because I don't want any of those thoughts on race day. And then after the marathon and after my first day of just not doing anything for that whole day, I can then go back into my business and know that I'm not going to be running for those two weeks for my body to recover. So it's never like I'm like, I'm very strategic with how I take off. I think that's just as important as actually taking off because for a content creator to be taking off right now would not be a good idea, but to really go all out like let's say you do something ridiculous like daily content for like three straight months or something like that because of this time in history and then you know everything's getting better everything's flowing again you want to take like a few days off you take a few days off but there are the times to go all in on something and do that sprint there are also times to have that recovery so that you're able to go back better next time I, I like that because a lot of a lot of people ask me about work life balance, especially younger entrepreneurs. And you know, you, you hear a lot about it. You hear like, oh, well, you know, you have to have a balance in your life. And and I I tend to 
agree at stages of your life. So when you're young, you need to learn a lot. And your life balance will probably not be as balanced as it, mine is. You know, I'm almost 50. So I've learned a lot and I'm still learning. And I think one of the things that I really appreciate about what you do is the constant learning and the constant pushing, um, the constant content. And I mean, just, I'm just really impressed by like, how can you keep on doing this? Because I mean, you know, part of the reason I'm, I started this podcast, I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of influences and a lot of, uh, people that have, you know, inspired me, but I mean, you're one of them who, who I'm like, wow, like, you know, it's interesting that, you know, he's just making it happen. And, you know, I always had this, especially writing, you know, as a writer too, you sort of get, um, you feel a little weird about putting your art in the world because, you know, people judge you and there's all sorts of, you know, the older you get, the more self-conscious you get, I think, or, or maybe that's just me. Um, but, it is interesting that uh, that this sort of, you know, how the stage of life you're at, the time in history, where it makes sense to stop or take a break or whatever, um, really, really is interesting kind of framework. Because, again, you know, when I was talking to someone about sabbaticals, and they're like, yeah, you know, every five or seven years, you should take three, four, six months off or whatever. Um, and then I and I was like, well when he asked me like, well, what would you do with that kind of time? And I'm like, well, kind of what I'm doing now, I'd probably write books and I'd probably podcast. So if, if you were to have like take a sabbatical, so to speak, I mean, would you be doing the same thing or would you just do something different? I'd say I'll just keep doing the same type of setup. I mean, it's something that works for me. Um, I'm able to incorporate podcasting, YouTube summits, books, like in a successful structure. Uh, so I wouldn't want to play with that too much because when you play around with something, like even if you do experiment, like experimenting is good, but if you play around with your foundation too much and you lose it, it's harder to reclaim it. So, I mean, I'm at the stage where I would just keep doing what I'm doing in a sabbatical uh, just because I don't want to lose this flow that I already have going. Cool. Um, what, just curious, what's your, what's your marathon time? Uh, I gotta see if I could do like, so there's complications with that Okay. because my, like I have been able to, like, if I were able to run without walking, which I know I can do, I just haven't done proper like electrolytes during race. I know I could break three hours because wow. my fastest time is three hours, 34 minutes. Wow. My fastest half marathon time is an hour and 19 minutes. Wow. So okay. I know I could definitely break three hours. It's just that I haven't yet had that marathon where I've been doing the electrolytes and all the stuff you're supposed to be doing in a race. Yeah. Like the half marathon time shows that I could do it. So I'm not just like, you know, this guy saying like I could break three. So uh, <laughs> that's the uh, qualifier I have there. Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, I the reason I ask is I used to run marathons used to do triathlons did an iron man and i'm with you like that half marathon distance is about the perfect distance where you can gut it out <laughs> really fast um but then once you get past like mile 20 you know you're halfway yes. done right 2021 20, yeah and you hit the wall and 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 you know there's physiology 
you know, why that's the case. And I didn't have any electrolytes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're not, you're not drinking enough water and electrolytes. So, and I think that's an interesting metaphor for, for a business too. Um, it sounds like you sort of take your business as more of a, of a marathon. Would, would I be an accurate description? Yeah, I definitely like to think of them as marathons and you could even think of them as a string of marathons because it's not like your business is just one big marathon. You're running a whole bunch of races here and there and then you're course adjusting. And so I would even say it's like just a string of them uh, put together. You're at different places at the line uh, for different segments. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, cause you always have the sports analogies in business, right? You know, you get the baseball, the football, the team and stuff like that. I mean, and, and do you have a team that you work with or is it just you? So I used to have a team, but I feel like at this stage, I'm just better doing it myself. I know I'm going to eventually have to have a team again, uh, but I don't go to school anymore. I'm just solo with, you know, my whole approach. So uh, at this stage, I feel like it's bad for me to just, you know, just be me, uh, just the one man show. One man show. Great. Great. So yeah. Why don't you tell us uh, where we can find you online and how we can get in touch with you? So definitely uh, a few different ways. Um, I think marketberry.com slash five day podcast launch, no dashes or spaces. That's going to lead you guys to a free mini course detailing how you can launch your podcast within five days. Also, I have my YouTube channel, which I am really focusing on right now. And Breakthrough Success is my main podcast. I have the other two, Profitable Public Speaking and Ditch the Job, which can become big players soon. I just produce content all over the place. So Google me and you'll find a lot of good content. Yeah, and I can attest to the fact that it's a lot of good <laughs> content and you are very active. And, and I'll put all that stuff in the show notes because I think it's important that, you know, I mean... If if you want to get into the podcasting and you wanted to get into the, you know, YouTube, I mean, you know, Mark's definitely someone to take a look at. And, and it, it's just, again, I think the community of entrepreneurs, a lot of us are stepping up. A lot of us are trying to figure out how to make the world better. Um, and sometimes it does, sort of doesn't seem that way. But a lot of the stuff that you're doing you know, you're trying to help people. You're also trying to run a profitable business. You're trying to, you know, really trying to figure it out. And, you know, that is something that, you know, we all need to do more of. And the more comfortable we are being uncomfortable about the, the things in the world, um, you know, we, it's just going to make it everything better. So Mark really appreciate your time. Uh, good luck with everything. Stay safe and, uh, yeah, we'll be in touch. Thank you. Always a pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Entrepreneur Ethos Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did creating it. My hope is that you learned something that can make you a little bit better. If you enjoyed the podcast, please do share it with friends and review it on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can also join my email list by visiting thedailymba.com to get my thoughts on what I'm doing to get better as well as what I'm working on. You can also pick up my book, the Entrepreneur Ethos, if you want to learn the traits, values, and beliefs that I think we need to build a more ethical, inclusive, and resilient entrepreneur, and frankly, world community. Feel free to follow me on Twitter at The Daily MBA, and let me know if you have any questions or recommendations for a guest that you'd like me to talk to. Also, drop me a note if you try anything we talked about in this or any other episode. I'd love to hear what's working for you. Until next time... 
keep getting better. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime.